Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing amazing today. And uh, I want to jump right into to our episode today. Um, and, I, and I'll explain why I'm, I'm kind of half laughing and half smiling here with our with our guest today. But uh, I know that you are absolutely going to be blown away by his content today. So let's Let's get down to business. Um, we're about to talk to an individual that, no pun intended, writ, <laughs> has written a book around mindset, philosophy, and sales. Just a few topics that we're going to cover today. Uh, today, our featured guest is Mr. Weldon Long. Weldon, are you ready to rock? I am ready, Mr. Hansen, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Glad absolutely, to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Weldon Long is a successful entrepreneur, sales expert, and author of New York Times bestseller, The Power of Consistency. Prosperity Mindset Training for Sales and Business Professionals. He's one of the nation's most powerful speakers and a driven motivator who teaches the sales and prosperity mindset philosophies that catapulted him from desperation and poverty to a life of wealth and prosperity. Mr. Long developed and used his success system to overcome 25 years of prison and poverty and built a life of wealth, prosperity, and happiness. In 2003, at the age of 39, Mr. Weldon Long was living in a homeless shelter. Using the power of consistency, he quickly transformed his life and within 60 months grew an Inc. 5000 company with over $20 million in revenue. Weldon is honored to have served some of the America's finest companies, including Comcast, the Franklin Covey Organization, the Home Depot, FedEx, Tom Hopkins International, Wells Fargo Bank, Owens Corning, and Farmers Insurance. Welcome to Success Hackers, man. It's really great to have you on the show. Well, like I said, I'm really excited to be here, man. Uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing and I appreciate the invitation to be on board. Absolutely. And uh, Hacker Nation, little side note, what I was alluding to in the opening. About two months ago, my brother-in-law said he's reading a really, really great book by this guy, Weldon Long, called The Power of Consistency. And uh, he mentioned it's literally changing his life and I should check it out, being the... Uh, being someone that's always looking to sharpen my own skills and my own tools, right? I was like, all right, you know, I'll give it a shot. So I started reading it and thought, man, I would love to get this individual on the Success Hackers podcast and bring him on and share his stories with my Hacker Nation listeners. Well, fast forward one month and here we are. <laughs> we actually have Weldon on the program. So it's uh, it's really, really cool to have this individual on the show, um, he travels literally internationally, and, and I'll have him go in his bio. But, um, you know, I, I would imagine, Weldon, um, you know, you've, like I, I mentioned in the intro, you've had time in prison and um, would imagine that when, when you get out, you know, you're like, what do I need to do? How do I turn this around? What did you do? I mean, take us back to that time because I would, I would imagine, and as I was reading your bio and reading the book and how it mentions all these things and what you were able to overcome, I would imagine whether you're literally physically behind bars or a lot of a lot of people that are living are, frankly, in in their own not literal prison but in their own 
victim, what I call victim mentality. How did you overcome literally being in prison and then having this, this, this life of, of absorbent and wealth and all that? That's a, that's a great question. And I agree with you that it's really easy for folks to get caught up in a, in a why me kind of victim mentality. And, you know, I was there for a lot of years of my life from 1987 until 2003, that roughly 16 year span, Hmm. as you mentioned, I spent 13 years walking prison yards. I went to prison the first time at 23 years old at about four and a half years, got out, went back again, got out again. And in 1996, went back a third time for seven years on a federal case. And during that seven years, however, um, my father passed away. And that was kind of the real, you know, moment of clarity for me. My father died very unexpectedly at 59 years old. At the time, I had a three-year-old son that I had fathered when I was out on parole and didn't even know my son. And I was 32 years old when my dad died in June of 1996. And I started looking at my life honestly for the first time. And for some reason, when I received the news that my father died, my first, uh, my first thought was that dad went to his grave with me in prison again. Mm. And the reality of my life hit me squarely between the eyes. Uh, there was just no more rationalization, no more justification. And I just realized that I was a total loser, a total POS. Mm. I had destroyed every relationship of anyone whoever had the misfortune of coming into contact with me. And I just made a decision within about four hours of my father dying that I was going to change the course of my life. Now, the problem at that point was I didn't know how to do it. I was a ninth grade high school dropout. I'd spent all my 20s in prison. Uh, I was 32 at that time and wasn't getting out until I was 39. So my 30s were going to be in the joint as well. So I got the bright idea of reading what really successful people do and start doing that. And that was my master plan. And fortunately, it worked. Uh, Seven years later, I walked out of prison at 39 years old to a homeless shelter. And within five years, I had built uh, a very successful heating and air conditioning company. I wrote my first book, which was a little book called The Upside of Fear. That completely changed my life. That uh, the book won a number of awards and people started calling me to have discussions and doing keynote speaking and training. And then I wrote the power of consistency, which you mentioned, and things have just, uh, built one level at a time, one thing after another, it's been quite a remarkable journey. So I would imagine there's a lot of our listeners right now, they feel stuck in their own business and they would love to have built or want to build maybe a 10 or a 20 or a $30 million company. You come out of prison in prison, you're reading some of the the books that probably, frankly, a lot of our listeners have read yep. already. But to say that you're a unicorn is an understatement because you're able to take this unbel- not once or twice, but three times going back. Like you said, the 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 record that you probably played over and over. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a loser. I suck. Yep. Yada yada yada. Your father dies. I mean. Reading is one thing and listening to podcasts like this and writing affirmations, all that is absolutely important. And, and, and Hacker Nation, his book is phenomenal, right? His, his, I haven't read the other one, but the, the, uh, the power of consistency is, is no joke. You got to get your hands on it. But like, what makes you the unicorn, right? What makes you the, the guy that says, for all these other people that are going through what I've gone through, or frankly, they've never been in prison and they want to get to the next level, but they're not able to. What do you think when you look back on that time frame? Was it was it hunger? Was it you had a strong, such a strong why from your father that you had an unstoppable force? When you look back on it, what do you think was that thing? I think for me, more than anything, it was uh, uh, desperation. Right, mm-hmm. things were so bad, and I've heard that old expression: "There are no atheists in a foxhole." 
Well, I don't think there's any atheists. Their third time in prison at 32 years old, their dad dying and, and not even knowing their own son. That was kind of my, you know, bottom for sure. And I think looking back the, the, and I don't know that I'm a unicorn. I appreciate that, but I, uh, and maybe to some degree, I don't know. But what, what I can tell you is this, the thing that really turned it around for me, the reason I've been able to execute when I first started this journey, I had the the great fortune of stumbling into the classic seven habits of highly effective people written by Dr. Covey, mm-hmm. who later became a very close friend. He actually endorsed my first two books and his son, Stephen Amar Covey, who wrote the speed of trust actually wrote the forward to my most recent book that came out last year, a book called Consistency Selling, which is more about the sales process. Mm. But I remember reading in The Seven Habits, and in the very introduction of that book, Dr. Covey says you have the ability to live out of your imagination rather than your past. And I remember sitting there in my cell reading that and thinking, boy, that's that's really good news because my past was violence and drugs and prison and poverty and all this crazy stuff. But my imagination was much different. I had a very vivid imagination. I could imagine being wealthy and being a good father to my son, having you know a really happy life. So that was the first recollection or the first kind of inkling like, okay, I got to start thinking differently. I refer to it today as you got to think about what you think about before you think about it, you know? Right. Because back in those days, I was just on autopilot. Whatever happened next happened. I'm, I'm almost like an animal, just mm. like just going through and reacting. And I started realizing, okay, I can live out of my imagination Dr. Covey talks, of course, about beginning with the end in mind and having a plan. So that was a big first step. Uh, the, the next big thing for me was realizing that my thoughts basically created my life. I remember reading Frederick Nietzsche. Nietzsche said, we attract that which we fear. In the Bible, in the book of Job, Job says, that which I have feared has come upon me. Uh, Viktor Frankl wrote that fear may come true. And as I began to read all these books, this concept of fear and how we manifest these things into our lives was really overwhelming for me. I remember one time sitting at my middle metal desk in my cell and I started writing out all the things I was afraid of. And it turned out to be living and dying in prison, never knowing my son, being broke, being homeless, et cetera. And I realized that all the chaos in my brain was somehow showing up in my life. And so what I needed to do was start thinking about something different. Mm-hmm. So I wrote out what a perfect life for me would look like. Uh, I'm an awesome father to my son. I'm wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. I have a beautiful wife, all these amazing things. And I took that sheet of paper, I put toothpaste in the back four corners of it and stuck it to the wall on my cell. <laughs> and I spent the next seven years meditating and visualizing on that list, not understanding the neuroscience that I understand today, but was literally changing my habitual thought patterns, right, with that process. Uh, those are t- two big things. And the last thing that I think really made the difference in my life, I am, uh, I have a firm bias for action. Mm-hmm. And my father... Uh, whom I love and miss very much. He didn't teach me a lot of great things, right? But one of the things he taught me, he used to say, son, do something. I don't care if it's wrong, just do something, Mm. right? Will Rogers said that even if you're on the right path in life, you get run over if you just sit there. And I remember in 1997, a year after my father died, I'm on this journey. I was at uh, the federal prison uh, facility in uh, Florence, Colorado. And I went into the library one day and they had... I don't know if you remember this. You might. You probably do. But uh, Tony Robbins had this personal power program. It was mm-hmm. a 30-day program on on uh, cassettes. Yep. And in the prison library, we had cassette players and headphones, and you could go in there and listen. And one of the things that stuck out in that program is that at the conclusion of every day's lesson, it was a different lesson for each day, the last thing Tony would say on that on that tape was that go out, do something, and take decisive action today consistent with whatever you've been thinking about throughout this, you know, lesson. 
right? And that was the key, doing something every single day. And what I learned, and I've learned this in my businesses as well, by the way, uh, and it's kind of the essence of the power of consistency. It's not about the scope of the actions that we take. It's about the consistency with which we take these actions. And so I begin to realize it's about executing on the little things every single day. Not the big things will take care of themselves. It's like the old, you know, Ben Franklin, take care of the pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. Hmm. It's the same concept, right? And that's been really crucial for my success in business and frankly in life. You know, as someone that works with business owners as their business strategist, I get, you know, I really get what I call in the weeds or sit sidecar to them. And I get a chance to really understand their businesses from a profit loss to, you know, sales and marketing and, 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 and the whole the whole gambit. And one of the things that I've seen over the last several years of doing this was we can set a great foundation. We, we can set the path for X dollars in revenue, as an example, for the end of the year. Whether you're going to the gym and wanting to lose weight, whether it's committing to, I'm going to go to church every Sunday, or frankly, whether it's picking up the phone and banging out five or 10 or 100 phone calls a day in your business, I believe what keeps most of us stuck is not necessarily the knowledge, although the knowledge is, is obviously important. If you don't know something, you have to learn it. But I believe where the real rubber meets the road is, the, as you said, the execution the ability to change a habit and the ability to then master that habit long enough so that it becomes a habit. So I guess my question is, you know, you mentioned doing small things on a consistent basis. Is that how you found to help you coming from the situation you came from, meditating in, a, meditating in your jail cell and getting it into your subconscious, all is very, very powerful, but to your point, you have to execute. You have to do stuff in order to change a habit. Is there any maybe a success hack that you can share with our Hacker Nation? to? Because uh, I think a lot of people know maybe what to do, but it's the doing over a consistent period so they can change that habit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I often say that success is not a knowledge problem. It's an implementation problem. Exactly. We all pretty much know what to do. Uh, and I think as far as a, a success hack, hack I, I would uh, say it's really the emotional commitment phase of my fear process, right? The Ooh. focus, emotional and action responsibility. Because in that stage, I encourage folks to, to write down what they want and what they need to do to get that thing. And keep it very simple, right? Lao Tzu said a, a thousand mile journey begins with a single step, right? So if I write down on a sheet of paper, I earn a half a million dollars a year, I need to write down beneath that one or two things, little things that I must do every single day to move me closer, right? It's, it's not about the big things. It's not about 100 things. It's what one or two things can I do every single day to move me closer. And the key is, and this will sound ridiculously simple, and that's kind of the good news, bad news, because it will seem so simple what I'm fixing to tell your listeners is that it's often overlooked because it just seems so obvious. But the good news is, is that it can also move mountains. It's what completely changed my life. And that is what I call a daily quiet time ritual. 10 to 15 minutes a day reading that list. Hmm. And a couple of things happen when you do that every single day. Uh, number one, you're kind of metaphorically, you're putting those things in your brain, right? Because what happens, we all have ideas and thoughts and expectations in our brain. We make these decisions all day long. But where do your decisions come from? In most cases, our decisions have come from other people's ideas that were put in our head many, many years ago. So we're reaching in our brain and we're pulling out decisions consistent with what dad told us 30 years ago. 
right? The reality is when you reach in your brain to make decisions, which you're going to make thousands of times every single day, you have to make sure every decision is consistent with what you put in there this morning, not with what somebody else put in there 30 years ago. Because maybe you want something different from them. You know, the reality is we all develop these limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples I use working with sales groups is I'll ask the group, you know, what's the first word that comes to mind when I tell you the word salesman? And for most people, it's a negative term. Right. And then I'll say, how many of you depend directly or indirectly on sales to make your living? Every hand goes up. Now, how in the world are you going to get really good at sales if your core belief about sales is that it's snake oil, high pressure, sleazy, whatever? Mm-hmm. We have to reconcile these differences. We have to make sure that what we're putting in our brain every day and therefore what we're pulling back out every time we make a decision is consistent with what we want today. And that is the essence of the quiet time ritual. 10 to 15 minutes every day reviewing that plan. As Napoleon Hill told us 100 years ago, imagine yourself already in possession of these things, right? Get deeply emotionally committed to the things on that list. You go out, you live your life, you start making decisions consistent with what you put in this morning not with something somebody else put in there 30 years ago. I love it. I'm going to drill down one step further because I think this conversation right here is so important for our listeners. So you mentioned the $500,000 a year. What's one or two things that person can be doing based on what you just shared doing every day? So is it does that mean he or she writes down Mike, I'm already in possession of earning $500,000 a year. And then underneath it, these are the five things that, or 10 things or 15 things that I have to do today in order to hit that. Like break it down for us for a second. Yeah. So uh, you, you write out the thing you want. There's three primary areas of life, right? Your finances, which is your business, your financial security, those types of things, your relationships, uh, which could be your marriage, kids, community, whatever, and your health, your mental, spiritual, and physical health. So what I do is encourage people to choose one or two goals in each one of those categories, one or two financial goals. So one of those could be to earn uh, half a million dollars a year. Write that down in present current tense, right? I earn $500,000 per year. Hmm. And then beneath that, write one or two things that you got to do every single day and try to keep it simple, Right. Uh, Steve Jobs, before he passed away, he, in an interview, he once attributed all of the success to Apple computers to two things, focus and simplicity, hmm. right? We got to keep it simple. And so if I want to make a half a million dollars a year, right, maybe in, in my sales career, what do I need to do on every single call to make that happen? Now, yes, there'll be other things, but what are the two primary things I have to do? Well, it might be, you know, I run every call with passion and purpose, I diagnose problems, recommend solutions like a boss. I ask for the order formally on every call. If I did those three things on every single sales call, run every call with passion and purpose, diagnose problems or recommend solutions to my prospect, and then ask for the order every single time. If I did those three things at a super high level, I guarantee you I would move one step closer to my my income potential. Hmm. Right now, it's different for everybody. It might be that you know, somebody wants to, to open a business. So maybe the one thing they need to do is I earn a half a million dollars a year. I read 30 minutes per day of business and success philosophies. And I save 20% of my income, right, to save for the, the business investment. Two simple things, right? It's different for everybody, but you got to figure out what are the one or two things you got to do or three things every single day to move you one step closer to that. I love it. Yeah. So you have you have the 
sort of the the um, the bigger goal, the money, the relate, you know, how you want to be as a husband or wife, etc., or the the weight loss. But then you have broken down daily into what are the daily things you have to do in order to ultimately have what you're in present tense saying that you're already earning or being. Well, and here's what's so crazy. Once you do that, you review that every single morning for 10 or 15 minutes in that quiet time ritual, then something called cognitive dissonance takes over. Dissonance is one of the primary drivers of human behavior. And dissonance is the anxiety we feel as humans when we don't do something we said we would do. Right. right? So if I tell you I'm going to pick you up at the mall at 3 o'clock, and then I look down at my watch at 3.15 and realize I forgot, that anxiety I feel in that moment, that's called dissonance. When I feel that dissonance, do I just ignore it? No, I turn the car around, I call you, I do something to get back to a state of resonance. So listen to this. Imagine you get up in the morning and you say, I'm running a half marathon. I eat healthy and nutritious foods. I exercise three times or five times per week, you know, and whatever it is, I, you know, I, I, whatever the training would be. And then that day at noon, you find yourself eating a double bacon cheeseburger. What do you think you're going to feel? You're going to feel dissonance. Why? Because at five o'clock this morning over your coffee, you visualize yourself eating healthy and nutritious foods, crossing the finish line at that, at that marathon, right? So what happens when you feel that anxiety, it doesn't feel good. So what do you do? you got to get rid of the dissonance. There's only two ways to get rid of the dissonance. Either order the salad next time or destroy the list and, qu- and quit looking at the list. Either way, you'll feel better, but only one way is going to drive the new behaviors. If you get up in the morning, uh, I had a client, for example, an insurance company, and they came to me. They wanted, hey, how could they grow? And I said, well, what, what one thing could everybody do in that company, if everybody did it every single day, would make a huge difference? He said, if everybody could make five cold calls every day, hell or high water, it would make a huge difference. So we wrote it down. We, we had kind of a public prosperity plan, right? Uh, we stated the, the company's projected revenue. We earn such and such dollars. I make five new phone, uh, cold calls each day. And the owner of the company calls me one day, and they had quadrupled their insurance company in uh, about 18 months. Hmm. They just exploded their growth because everybody started committing to that, uh, making that commitment. But the owner called me one day, and it was a Friday afternoon. They were doing really well, and he had a trip planned. And he was walking out the door early. And as he's walking out the door, he realized he only made two cold calls that day. And he stopped. He put down his things. He walked back in his office and held himself accountable to make three more calls. He makes the three more calls. Two of those turn into an appointment that become both of those become business clients of his within a couple of weeks. And he just, he couldn't believe it that he had been preaching that so much to his people, the five cold calls, that when he tried to walk out one day without yeah. doing it, yeah. the dissonance hit him, he went back and did it. And it's those little things, right? It's those little things that make the difference. Absolutely. Can you get vulnerable with us for a second? Absolutely. So I believe all high performers and successful individuals maybe look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They use failure as what I call feedback and course correction. So take us back to one time where you failed. You maybe only wanted to give up, whether it was in the other business that you ran years ago, the HVAC business or the business you're in now, and you maybe wanted to give up, but you used that one setback, quote unquote, or failure as your fuel as for your success fire. Yeah, and I think it's a great question because I agree that, and I call it the, kind of the slingshot effect. It seems like the further you go down in life, the further you you know catapult ahead when the time comes. Mm. Uh, I think one of the, the, the scariest moments I had, uh, I got out of prison in 2003. I started my company in 2004. And by 2009, 
we had grown to uh, about $20 million in revenue. In 2007, I, uh, we were doing fairly well. Economy was rocking. We were doing great. And I decided to, to, to consolidate some of my competitors. I bought up three or four of my competitors to grow my business. And in the course of doing that, I took on a couple of million dollars of debt. Hmm. But we were rocking and rolling. We had plenty of cash flow for debt service, et cetera. And then in 2008 and 2009, the recession hit. And all of a sudden, our business stopped growing and actually declined a little bit. We didn't completely fall off the cliff like a lot of companies did, mm -hmm. but we leveled off. And all of a sudden, I had about $40,000 a month in debt service from all these suppliers that I was paying uh, you know, debt to the other companies owed, the money I'd borrowed from the bank. And in 2008 and 2009, we came within a hair's breadth of going bankrupt. In fact, my CPA and my lawyer encouraged me to go bankrupt. And the only reason I didn't is because of my background. That's what people would expect of me. And wow. I always yeah. do everything I can not to play into the stereotype of an irresponsible ex-convict. So I said, nope, uh, we can't borrow our way out of it. We cannot steal our way out of it, but we can sell our way out of it. So we doubled down on the sales effort. I got my salespeople even better. And it's so funny, one of our suppliers we owed about a half a million dollars at one point. And uh, the owner called me up and he says, listen, we got we to get some kind of promissory note lined out here for you to pay this. So I agreed to pay back the half a million dollars on a 36 month note. And I had to use my house in Maui as collateral <laughs> for, uh, for the note. It was funny for the next couple of years, every time I went to Maui, I would jokingly call him up and say, hey, can I use the condo? Because technically- <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, excuse me, it was a 24 month note, 24 okay. month. And it was 20 grand a month for 24 months, 44, uh, four, uh, almost, you know, almost half a million dollars, 480, 480 grand. Uh, we paid the note off in 20 months, 100% of it, not a discounted rate, uh, no cutting court. We paid off the entire 480 grand in 20 months because uh, we learned that you can't sell your way out of debt. You can't steal your way out of debt, or you can't borrow your way out, rather. You can't steal your way. The only way out is to sell your way out of a financial difficulty. And um, that was the closest I ever came to really biting the dust. I thought I was going to lose everything, but we fought our way out of it. And just one side note, I got a, a note yesterday from an old friend of mine who has a communications business. And he came to see me last summer, and he was having some difficulties in his business. And I told him the exact same story. And I said, because he was thinking about trying to borrow some money. and blah, I said, you can't borrow your way out of it. You can't steal your way out of it. You got to sell your way out of it. Find more clients and close more business. He just sent me a message yesterday. He said, man, we did $700,000 last year and we sold our way out of that jam. Mm. Right? And so it's, it's just it's simple stuff like that. That's awesome. So congrats on that. Doesn't it feel good when uh, someone actually, a friend, a colleague, an ex-colleague, whatever, reaches back out to you because of your advice or your suggestion or your coaching or your training, you know, your your ability to put someone back on the right path, just that little bit of a nudge comes back to you with a success story like that. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, what, uh, it's what it's all about, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Weldon, we are now entering the randomness round, but before we do, let's take one quick moment to learn something brand new. Hacker Nation, having worked with hundreds of small business owners, I can tell you that the biggest and most common problem facing most small business owners is consistently generating more new business, new customers, new clients. 
So imagine for a second if you could have prospects actually knocking on your door wanting your products or services. Well, would that alleviate your stress? Absolutely, right? Of course it would. So I partnered up with the folks at Comrade Digital. They are an internet marketing ad agency that helps small business owners get a steady flow of leads month after month after month. They have a program right now called the Business Growth Blueprint that you absolutely want to take advantage of. They normally charge $2,500 for this session, for this service. So I asked the owner, I actually uh, had lunch with him the other day, and he said, I would be willing to waive this fee, Scott, for your podcast listeners, but I can only do five. So if you are one of the five, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, and you're looking to get a steady flow of leads coming to you, go to this website right now and see if you qualify. It's comradeweb.com. That's comrade, C-O-M-R-A-D-E web.com forward slash success dash hackers. And in this blueprint, it'll give you a couple things. They're going to find out how much demand is there for your services or products online in your marketplace. And they're going to actually show you how to attract more clients to your business online and then how to convert them into paying customers. So be the first five, grab one of them today, comradeweb.com forward slash success hackers. All right, we are back, Weldon. We are about ready to enter the randomness round. The randomness round is kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. Okay. So whatever's the first answer, come to mind. Just let it rip. Okay. So, Weldon, are you ready for the randomness round? I think I am. I really hope I am. (laughs) You got me a little nervous now. (laughs) The best advice you've ever received. Well, uh, Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, we become what we think about all day long. What is a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Review my prosperity plan. Gives me focus and keeps me on track. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Nobody owes you anything uh, except 100% responsibility for your condition. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed to your success? Perseverance. I refuse to give up. What is a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I'm a drummer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Can you do a little something on the desk for us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. What's one book, Weldon, that you've read, and you can even mention your own if you'd like, but one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Uh, I would say the one singular book, and there's a bunch, would have to be Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. If you can recommend one social media tool or service that's made your life in business easier in business, what would that be? Uh, social media tool, it's not, I don't know if it qualifies as a social media tool. It's a tool called Rapid Funnel. It's a peer-to-peer lead generation tool. Uh, my, a friend of mine owns the company. He founded the company. And you basically uh, drop random people that you talk to in the streets in a, in a campaign for your business. I guess it's social media, but it's really more peer-to-peer medium. Well, Weldon, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. Awesome. I made it. You made it. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you again for your time and all these incredible success strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you, your business, your books, or anything else that you'd like to uh, share with us? Uh, they can check out my website, WeldonLong.com. Uh, and, of course, run all the social media platforms just at Weldon Long. Awesome. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and incredible recap from our interview here with Weldon Long. 
We also have some really cool resources we have on this site as well. And when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of these latest and greatest episodes. And remember, if you want to be one of the first five to grab one of those coveted business growth blueprint sessions, make sure to head over to comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.